0: it's 49ers cutback podcast time welcome to the show we're going to be talking about minicamp today a lot of news coming out of santa clara including kyle shannon having some interesting comments about a bunch of players including d ford uh
1: yeah uh shocking comments about d ford actually Ant, uh a little surprised by what he dove into what he divulged what he sort of put out there in the ether because uh it's looking like not just all quiet on the westward front for for d ford ant but uh yeah Possibly him riding off into the sunset away from San Francisco, not playing anymore, regardless of health and status. And we'll dive into that. But before we do that, hit the like button right now. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button as well, if you haven't done that and that notification, by that way, you don't miss episodes when we're going live. You don't want to miss any more of this week because this is just day one of minicamp and we have a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah. So sit back, grab something to drink and throw on your Brock Purdy Jersey and That's have a good do. time.
1: It's a glorious <laughs> Brock Purdy Jersey. And uh, it's absolutely <laughs> phenomenal with the Brock Purdy Jersey. Uh, and Donald is right. If you like what Alex and Ant are doing over here, then smack that like button. He's not He's not wrong. Uh, he also refers to it as Deboing the like button. You just hit that thing I hard. Feel like that. Uh, yeah. Run through that like button. And, Ant, let's get into this because there were a lot of things coming out of uh, day one. First and foremost, I think the thing that's the most exciting thing to talk about is the fact that Debo Samuel was, in fact, at Minicamp. I know, in a stunning turn of events. Yeah. He showed up for mandatory Minicamp, Ant. But also in a not so stunning turn of events, I said tomorrow I'd love like to find out what Debo is dealing with that's going to prevent him from being on the field. And Kyle gave a very non-specific answer. It doesn't look like anything is bothering Debo, but but what is it specifically for Kyle?
0: Uh basically, he just wants to talk to Debo and and see how he's feeling. But you know, we haven't been together so. No real reason to have him out there. That's pretty much the summation of what he said. <laughs> I'm not so sure it makes a lot of sense, but when it comes down to it, there is no real need for Debo Samuel to be on the field for minicamp, as you know Kyle Shanahan was bringing up. Uh, you know it's, he just looks at it as three different practices. You know minicamp to him is just practices. Having Debo already in the area, um, I believe that's part of the reason they went with minicamp up. But I think the even bigger news, Alex, than Debo Samuel showing up is Debo Samuel moving on. Uh, from the people that are hand- handling his contract negotiations, according to uh, Papa and Lund uh, from KMDR, or KMBR. That could be very interesting because it looks like the Four and Debo Samuel are talking contract extension again.
1: Uh, it looks like they might very well be, ant- And shout out to D Will with the $10 super chat there. Hey, TCC, how you doing, sir? How, how are you doing? And TCC, say hey right now in the comment section. We want to hear from you on that. Appreciate that, dude. Um, Facebook user also, when does MaxiCamp start? Uh, oh my gosh he's, he's going full full uh full jokes about uh, about women's menstruation apparently uh facebook user I, I can't believe you're doing this man i
0: i think i believe it i think what he's referring to is this is mini camp, so maxi camp
1: isn't that just training camp
0: uh, i think just means like the, the larger camp from mini the maxi get it taken it to the max i, I, I
1: get it food max <laughs> <laughs> max who is shopping our food max. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Food max did not pay for that plug either. Way to go. Uh, way to go, Facebook user, with the wonderful, wonderful uh, food max plug.
0: And what's up, Thomas? Welcome to the TCC. I oh, uh, really appreciate your coaching perspective, and, and we thank you so much for commenting. Yeah, we definitely like to talk from that angle, from the coaching perspective. So uh, welcome, Thomas. Glad you uh, chimed in.
1: That's true. Uh, So look, I I think that it was very interesting hearing Kyle talk about that with Debo. Um, It doesn't surprise me at all whatsoever that Debo is not practicing. I mean, it's not, I didn't expect him to be practicing. He's still working on a contract. That being said, the fact that he's there, the fact that there is a change in management in terms of tactics uh new team negotiating contract for Debo means there he is changing his approach uh, this isn't his team going to him and being like hey I think you need to remove us and bring somebody else and this is Debo saying hey you guys haven't done necessarily what I thought or expected you were going to do let's let's shift directions let's change the focus here and let's get back on the same page. It seems like him and Kyle are, again, getting themselves back to a better point. And look, there were the the rumors circulating Kyle and Debo running into each other at the Warriors game. Uh, Kyle starting to work his magic yet again with his players, Ant, and getting them back into the fold, back with this group, and getting things going in the right direction.
0: Yeah, you know, and this is one of those things. that It's it's a good sign that Debo Samuel showed up. It's good faith. Uh, so I like the way he's handling his business. He's being an absolute professional. You know, when you see a player like DK Metcalf that is not showing up to mandatory minicamps, uh, so I, I do think it's interesting the way that, you know, Debo is going about his business, and I like it. And I'm hoping the 49ers are going to, you know, reward him and continue to work out this relationship because I do think they want this done. Now, it was reported today, of course, that Debo Samuel wants to be paid like a wide receiver, as he should, because that's a lot more money. And then second, to get uh, to go along with that, is the fact that he would really like, um, you know, to play more wide receiver and less running back and for his reps to decrease there. And I really don't doubt that Kyle Shannon wants the same exact thing. So I think they're going to be able to come to an agreement on all this. They're going to eventually get the contract done. But him showing up is definitely good faith and a good situation for the 49ers because everyone wanted to paint this as a a soiled relationship. It's definitely not a soiled relationship, but a relationship that is not only going to work out in the long run, but could flourish.
1: It's a relationship built on mutual trust. I like that. That's that's what it is. It's all about that mutual trust. And it seems to still be there, which is good news. And uh, in a shocking turn of events, the Niners have taken care of their football players. There's no reason for anyone to panic and believe that there's no mutual trust. There's no mutual respect that these guys don't like each other. No, they like each other. They are friends off the field. And when you're friends off the field like that, and it, it it seeps into your relationship, especially if you treat your friendship and your relationship off the field the same way you do on the field. It's going to translate into positive things.
0: Yeah, and everyone's enjoying the jersey. uh oh, solid. So, Lou's saying Wershing jersey.
1: No, no, no. It's, it's totally Brock Purdy. Yeah, it's totally Brock Purdy. Oh, actually, sorry. My bad. Leon O'Neal um that's tomorrow oh sorry my bad one day really my bad tcc that's that's my fault brock Purdy today leon o'neill tomorrow um the remnants of jalen hurt after that uh and then thursday and during the live q a and uh, last day of oh actually that that would be the next day after that so it'll just be it'll be bouncing back and forth it's fine it's a it's a jersey of many players
0: yeah, it could be. Could be. Um, the good news is, is, you know, when it comes down to mini camps, it, w- it was a good day overall for the 49ers. Uh, they talked a little bit about, you know, to some of the players. I got to hear some of the media conversations, you know, that went on. Trent Williams had some interesting things to say. Um, but really, when it comes down to it, Kyle Shannon had a lot of interesting things to say about a bunch of different players on the team. Uh, but the things he was saying about Brandon Ayuk and Jawan Jennings, about how they've stepped up and, you know, in being through their system for two years, and the separation that Jawan Jennings is being able to create, he says he actually creates more separation than any other receiver on the team, which I found interesting because it's a guy that wasn't thought to be able to do that coming out of college with a 4'7 speed. Uh, but he said he runs weird but is able to get that separation. I thought that was pretty funny, and uh, that's a good sign for the 49ers because now they have a bunch of veterans in that room that can definitely handle what Kyle Shannon throws at them. And if Jawan Jennings and Brandon Ayuk are about to ascend beyond what they were last year, look out because it's a uh, wide receiver crews coming after you.
1: And you don't need anybody else. I mean, those three have already shown that they can get the job done. They got it done. They got it done last year. And Jawan Jennings getting it done late in the season. Brandon Ayuk turning it on late in the season. Uh, if we're going to get the best versions of them now for an 18 week season, and yes, you only playing 17 games, but if you're having the best version of them for 18 weeks in the regular season, this is problems. This is problems for the rest of the NFL. And it also takes the pressure off of guys like George Kittle. And if you can utilize him now in different ways, instead of maybe having to rely on him as a pass or catch or you know, pass catcher, route runner, running certain types of routes, putting himself in dangerous spots in the middle of the field, maybe you can utilize him more stretching the field, catching the ball outside the numbers where he can catch, get out of the bounds without having to take a beating as well.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. You know, and I think we're going to kind of see the full way that Kyle Shannon wants to see these guys now, True. because I think he finally got a full array of wide receivers. Um, They're five strong when it comes to the wide receiver room. And then there's a bunch of questions about who could be six or whether the 49ers will even carry six. Uh, but the addition of Ray-Ray McLeod and then also Danny Gray through the draft have been fantastic for this receiver room. Uh, Danny Gray, of course, did not practice. So that's you know a little bit of news. Danny Gray has been dealing with a hamstring. Um, so he won't practice. They'll shut him down. I'm sure we won't see him again until training camp. But Kyle Shannon did finally give the reason also that he moved minicamp up was he sees it as normal practice and he likes he never uses all of the off season workout days. Um, so more than likely he's getting ready to wind this thing down. He goes off by how his players are doing. And apparently they're doing pretty well,
1: uh, which is a good sign and, and a good sign. And uh, again, not a surprising reason for Kyle to not for Kyle to do what he did in this scenario. We said this right last year, they, they started this sort of trend of ending it a little bit earlier, giving these guys more rest time, preparing them, letting their bodies rest recover and build and get prepared for the the long grind of the new NFL season. Uh, Looks like that's exactly what this is. So no shock, no surprise. Good on Kyle Shanahan for uh, getting ahead of this and sort of changing the mold in terms of how maybe some teams going forward will handle mini camps and preseason.
0: Yeah. And hopefully Gary, hopefully you're doing all right. You know, I'm catching some of the comments as they're coming through. Gary best wishes go out to you. Um, with whatever you're going through, I didn't really catch it, but um,
1: he oh, he said it was low blood, uh, low la- uh, lack of red and gold in the blood. Oh, uh,
0: yeah, and you do need to get back to those shorts. I I'm enjoying the shorts that Gary does. So if you guys want to know more about the draft picks or even the undrafted free agent, go check out Ooh. some of the shorts that Gary's been doing. Uh, they've been getting some tread on the uh, YouTube, so check them out.
1: They've been absolutely phenomenal. You don't you don't yeah. want to miss those TCC and faithful. You just you just don't want to miss those. Uh, but look, Kyle Kyle also made some some interesting comments about D 40 it. And I really want to get into this because it, it, it gives some mindset into where the front office and Kyle are in regards to D Ford. They aren't frustrated with D, but I think they are finally fed up with the situation with D and his health and where he's at. He made comments reg- regarding to and, and signifying that he has clearance from doctors. So doctors have said he's good to go for where he's at right now. The only thing that's really left is for him to pass a physical. And he said, even if that were to pass, he doesn't foresee him being on this roster. I don't think there is anything, anything D four can do to crack this D line, even if he clears a physical and is healthy to compete in training camp. I think the 49ers have made the moves that they've made, brought the pieces they brought in, brought in the the Kamoko Torres of the world, right, went after and got Drake Jackson, so that they don't have to rely on D Ford at all.
0: Yeah, I think they've decided now to go ahead and move on from D Ford. Um, the comments from Kyle Shanahan were pretty clear. You know what I mean? I, of course, you have to read between the lines a little bit because he didn't. He said there were options. Correct. Uh, but it definitely does appear that once he clears, you know, and passes his physical that he's going to be released, which means the 49ers are going to free up a little over $1 million this year, $2 million in 2023. But they're going to incur $5.88 million in dead money uh, for each of the next two years. Um, so that's something the 49ers are definitely going to have to deal with. Uh, but the good news is is that you know the 49ers are, have decided what they're going to do on the D-line. They've insulated themselves in case this day came. And now we'll see where D-4 ends up going. It's unfortunate that it didn't work out because it's a guy with tremendous potential that in 2019, when he was on the field, made a lot of really big plays for the 49ers. But it, since since then, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy no matter what they've done. And when you're playing with games that have to do with your neck and your back, uh, there are just no guarantees you know, that you're going to be able to do anything for your uh, for your team, and that you're going to be able to get on the field. and The Forty ers aren't willing to run that risk anymore, so they're going to go ahead and bite the bullet and move on from D four. It appears sometime next week. Uh, I'm I'm sure we'll get official word, and then we'll see what the Forty ers do after that.
1: It's true. Um, it's truly unfortunate. It's an unfortunate situation. But like you said, Ant, they they have insulated themselves. They have prepared for this day uh, after the last few seasons and what you've seen, especially. The 2020 campaign and especially the way last year started, the promise that was there, the positive things you saw to D Ford, him reaggravating stuff, going out, not being available in 2021, and thinking, hey, maybe we're gonna get this guy back at the end and holding off that roster spot and holding that thing there, hoping that you can get this guy back and it not coming to fruition. They're not willing to take any chances, any risks with this, with this situation with D Ford ever again. And it's unfortunate, it truly is, but it's business. And you got to do what's best for business. And right now it's best for business for the 49ers is building that, that front four in, in the best way possible. And they've done a lot of things, brought in a lot of names drafted guys. And when we thought they would pass potentially on DNs in order to make that happen.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. Luckily for us, uh, the San Francisco 49ers have probably the best defensive line in the entire league. top to bottom uh, one through what is it? 13, uh, whatever it is, it's, it's ridiculous how good they are. So they can definitely, you know, overcome an issue like this, Uh, but when it comes down to it, you never want to lose great players. And so I'm sure the four years are somewhat heartbroken that it never worked out with D Ford, but they've definitely did a good job of making sure they have the guys that can go in and handle it. And this truly is going to be Samson. That you know, job to go out go in there and make sure he uh, makes things happen. Uh, the good news is Kamoko's raised one heck of a speed rusher off the edge as well. And I'm sure, I'm sure he'll get the situational pass rushes a lot on third down.
1: Uh, very, very true. And uh, Kyle also made comments about Nick Bosa. That's always exciting. TCC faithful. Everyone loves hearing about Nick Bosa and yeah. contract extensions and him being in San Francisco forever with his thunder sized quads. Um, they absolutely love it. Kyle Shanahan loves it. He, he talked specifically about how huge his quads are. So Kyle, thank you for pointing it out. And uh, for all you, uh, Nick Bosa stands out there. Nice quads. Uh, they're 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 beautiful yeah i
0: mean kyle's comments you know were mostly related to his florida tan and his true his uh quad still being huge true uh but yeah i mean nick bosa looks phenomenal it's been a shocking shocking development you know and last year was coming off an acl injury so he's getting better um this year he's gonna have a full off season to be able to you know get hone his skills and be in good shape so i look forward to seeing what he can do five you know 15 and a half sacks last year uh, I would, it's hard to say, but I would actually expect him to improve on those numbers. Agreed. And he's going to be going out there looking for 35 to $40 million. And that's why some of the news was Kyle Shanahan talking about how, uh, you know, the 49ers Brass and Nick Bosa's team have not discussed contract negotiations. And that in fact, both are waiting. So that's something that's going to possibly get handled next offseason. We know that he will be under contract for the 49ers for year five. And Kyle Shannon said, though, in his comments that he fully expects him to be a part of the 49ers organization for years to come, and I think that as well. So uh, maybe we can kind of table the conversations about Nick Bosa's uh, extension and just get excited about him being one heck of a football player and going out there and potentially going for 20 sacks this season.
1: Let's do it. Let's get over 20. I, I, would, I would love a 22, 22 and a half, you know, 30, 37, I'm just kidding. 37. Uh, 20, 22 and a half sack season would be absolutely glorious for Nick Bosa. But look, I think this is the thing that we've been saying for some time. The Niners didn't need to do this right now with Nick Bosa. Yeah, It wasn't a necessity. It also kind of goes against how the 49ers have handled their key players, franchise players going into contract years or, or getting ready to go into contract years. They don't do this with two years left on the table. They do it with one. That's when they start hammering this thing out and trying to make it work. Uh, so the fact that they haven't talked about anything doesn't actually surprise me. Uh, it's more of the status quo in terms of how this front office handles their business. And in all honesty, knowing what Nick Bosa is going to command, knowing how good Nick Bosa is, what teams will be willing to pay him, whether he was injured or not. If he somehow got injured this year and the Niners was like, we don't want to pay you, 35 million dollars 30 million dollars a year to to be that guy because we don't know how often you're going to be available There is a team out there desperate enough That's going to look at Nick Bosa and want to pay him that so the Niners There's no reason to rush on this see what you can do see what he does this year See how healthy he stays see what the cap actually goes up to and then let's figure out between both sides What's best for everyone because even a Nick Bosa? That's not 100% healthy if he gets hurt or misses some time or whatever knows that his leverage point in terms of asking for the top cream of the crop is hampered a little bit. Someone will still pay it, but guess what, Nick? You're not going to be in the Super Bowl conversations. You're not going to be in playoff conversations. You'll be playing for a team that's a bottom barrel team and your production could go down because of it.
0: It could. Uh, one of the things I think he's doing though is he's betting on himself. And he absolutely. sees Aaron Donald's contract that just came through and some of these other edge rushers, you know, including Von Miller, they got an absolutely ridiculously huge contract. And he's going to go out there and try to get the similar thing from the 49ers after the season. So he's betting on himself, knowing that if his numbers go up, so does his paycheck. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I like that aggressiveness. And I think we're poised for a really big year from Nick Bosa. So when he goes out there and does his thing and dominates the way that he does, He's going to get a huge amount of money this is actually a bigger risk for the 49ers i believe than it is for bosa when it comes to money because by the end of the year he might be worth 40 million dollars who knows true. Uh, that's how ridiculous the money is going up for edge rushers and wide receivers and and players uh you know they, they know the contracts are going up in future years and they're looking to cash in on those things and bolsa is going to be no different but if he plays that motivated where he considers this a contract year to go out and prove what he can do uh, he's going to play at a high level. And the cool thing is the 49ers always have in their back pocket that they can franchise tag him. So I think that that's one thing to remember. You can always franchise tag him if you get to his fifth year option and you still don't come to any resolution on this contract.
1: Uh, agreed. You hundred percent can. That's probably what you should do in all honesty. If you can't make it work and you can't figure it out, that's the nice thing about uh... These situations, it sucks if you're a rookie, right? And you want to get paid big money and all this stuff, and you want long dur- long-term longevity in terms of stability with your paycheck and things of that nature. Um, It also sucks really bad if you get drafted by a horrible organization. Luckily for Nick Bosa, that is not the case. None of those things are the case. Um, the Niners are going to take care of this guy. They uh, they take care of their football players. That's what they do. Uh, Nick Bosa has been nothing nothing if not a team guy who has done everything possible to not only get back and be healthy and but be the best version of himself. Snap in, snap out every day that he's been in San Francisco. So I'm excited to see what it looks like going into this season. Like you said with a full off-season and a full year of health in the off-season to get ready for this next upcoming season and what that's going to translate into. Charvarius Ward though, Ant, he's excited about QB1. He's yeah. excited about QB1 Trey Lance, Ant, because he came out and said it. He's QB1, so he's the face of the franchise. He's going to show the world this season, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I like that he threw, I think, in there. And there, there, was, there was a couple of times, right, He's where well, he was talking about the offense, too, and he goes, I'm pretty sure. Uh, he definitely left some wiggle room, uh, Traverius Ward is, is one of my favorite people to listen to right now. Number one, after everything that happened when he first got signed and his just asked some it.
1: whack questions, <laughs> yeah. bro. It, it, was,
0: it was really funny. So, listening to him, I mean, I like the things he said about Jason Verrett, you know, where he talked about how him he's been picking Verrett's brain and understanding that he liked Verrett for a long time. So, that's something he's leaning on while also taking the information that he's gotten over the last four or five years. And admitting that he's helping the young players as well, I thought those were all cool things. Uh, but the, some of the stuff he said about Trey Lance was hilarious, including his similarities between himself and and uh, and between Trey Lance and Patrick Mahomes, being Patrick, both of them going to be great quarterbacks. They light skinned great quarterbacks. That's the similarities.
1: <laughs> they light skinned great is the best part about that. <laughs> yeah. It's not that that is a direct. They light skinned great quarterbacks, and you know you know exactly how they light-skinned great quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um and then everyone was rocking the different SF hats, you know, the 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 new like the cursive look hats. Oh yeah. Uh, and and he was rocking one that had um a a black bill or, or it was a black hat with a red bill. It was looking pretty nice. So, I was definitely digging on those.
1: Uh definitely digging on those as well, Ant. A lot of fun on those. Uh but look, I'm I'm excited to hear him talk about Trey that way just because, right? This is a guy who played with Patrick Mahomes in in Kansas city. So we got to see it firsthand. He has a really good idea of what that type of play looks like. The mobile athletic quarterback with the big freaking gigantic arm. So if he's liking what he's seen from Trey Lance already, he's feeling confident there. I like that because he got to go against that in practice in Kansas city against Patrick Mahomes. The other thing I really liked him talking about was Juwan Jennings and Brandon Ayuk as well. So you had Kyle bringing it up and mentioning it. Jimmy, uh, not Jimmy Ward, excuse me, but Charverius Ward kind of echoing that, mimicking that same sort of sentiment, talking about, we all know Iuk can be a great number one, but the one that surprised me the most was Juwan Jennings, I didn't expect this dude to be like this, I didn't expect the route running to be on this level, I didn't re- realize this dude understands his leverages, understands how he's supposed to run his routes, and when you, when you tell him to go, he straps up. And he's ready to go. He's a gamer. He, he handles his business at a high level. I love hearing that because it continues to show the elevation of Jawan Jennings and why he went from someone we thought wouldn't potentially make the 53-man roster up until we get to training camp and are watching him perform and going, this guy's kind of solidifying a roster spot to bona fide wide receiver three by the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I think Jawan Jennings figured it out, you know, and I think part of it has to do with just him getting on the field because Muhammad Sanu was getting all those snaps early on. It's true. Uh, once Mohammed Sanu went down with the injury, then Jawan Jennings stepped up and played at a high level, and he did realize what his role was early. He needed to go in there and be a physical blocker. He's a very physical blocker, and especially in that power slot role, he does a good job. Uh, so I think that Jawan Jennings finding his role and being able to do the things that he needed to do uh, was very important, and I think he figured it out along the way. The same things that you know Brandon Ayuk is, is figuring out, how to be a, a pro. And so I do like the fact that they're figuring out how to be pros. And Kyle Shanahan talked about the fact that Jawan Jennings and Brandon Ayuk have never really had a legit offseason because of COVID. You know, they came in, it was shortened then, and then last year was shortened and kind of cut in half the way they handled, you know, OTAs and everything like that. So I think you're seeing these guys really be able to come into their own because they're finally getting to experience all the things that the other players have realized in their becoming a pro in the NFL Um, and they're carrying that into the room where they're becoming leaders in the wide receiver room. This is a good situation for the four They don't need a Muhammad Sanu, you know, or Emmanuel Sanders in the room anymore because they have a Debo Samuel Branduk, and Jawan Jennings that can carry the veteran mantle. Uh,
1: So I'm, I'm really excited about the wide receiver room. That's stoked, stoked about the wide receiver room. Uh, And this is, this is without having gotten to see Danny gray, not knowing what that's going to look like there in that situation. And also, uh, what Raymond McLeod's going to look like in this system and what he's going to be doing and, yeah. and what he's going to add to this group and what, the, what he's going to add to this room. I, I'm excited um, mostly because you've added a bunch of new names in and I don't have to worry about River Craycraft being on the roster. It's it's mostly that for me personally, uh, not not to hate on River Craycraft. You do They're have just,
0: to worry about River Craycraft I, just when,
1: just he comes back,
0: when he comes back for, with Miami. Oh, man. yeah, Fear it. I'm not going fear to. Fear the craft.
1: No. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not going to fear the craft. Craft Bruce. Jason just got excited. You said fear the craft. He yeah. was like, I love craft brews. Everyone should fear those. Those <laughs> things are delicious. Uh, look, I, I, I'm just I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this wide receiver room yeah. very well could be. Uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen to the quarterback position because Kyle Shanahan did note and did mention, and that if Jimmy Garoppolo is not traded, he's expecting him to go for the 49ers here in training camp and practice with this team. Which means potentially
0: quarterback watch 2022 yeah i mean it it could be i think kyle shannon's being very clear about what his expectations are for jimmy garoppolo and and he said exactly what we were talking about yesterday why would i have him come here and interrupt his recovery process he's down in la he's he's working on his shoulder it wasn't anything serious but if jimmy garoppolo is still on this football team and under contract i expect him to be here for training camp I think everyone would understand why you would want Jimmy Garoppolo to show up if he's going to be under contract, because in that situation, you have to prepare in case he's a part of your roster. Yep. Uh, so I think that they're putting forth a also a, a nice conversation to other teams that, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo is still available for trade, but if you're not willing to trade him, trade for him. We're going to have him on our roster. We're willing to make that move. And I, I think that it's, it's very clear what their intentions are. And we'll see if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo actually makes it to training camp, though. But uh, talk about some interesting conversations if you go day one and all of a sudden Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance are both taking reps.
1: It will be very interesting. I imagine it's going to upset a lot of peeps and a lot of peeps in 49ers land are going to be upset about that if the time comes. But, hey, uh, you got to play the hand that you're dealt and you might be dealt the hand of Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance needing to compete uh, in, in training camp for said quarterback job. And uh, in all honesty, if Jimmy's on this roster, that's exactly what I want. I don't want this job handed to Trey. I want Trey to earn this job because if he earns this job, then all questions are answered and there's nothing else to talk about. And it's just time to see what this can become with Trey Lance at the helm. And if you have both those guys competing and he can't beat him out quite yet, I don't actually personally have any concerns. And I know that the Niners are sitting on an asset in Trey Lance knowing that at any point in time, if Jimmy were to start the year off in a crazy world where that were to happen, if Jimmy plays well, his value increases, he shows his shoulders healthy, and you can deal him mid season if Trey becomes ready.
0: Yeah, you could. I, I think that's really dangerous. I agreed really with you. Because uh just listening to what Trent Williams had to say about Jimmy Garoppolo and his absolute love for Jimmy Garoppolo as a person and a football player, uh it puts a little bit of concern. hundred percent you know, man. for for how Trey Lance is going to be accepted. I think they all like Trey Lance, but Trey Lance is one of those guys, he's still an unproven commodity. Uh, where Jimmy Garoppolo has proven it to the veteran players. So I think it's one of those things that it's a dangerous game to play. I'm hoping that, to be honest with you, I am hoping that Jimmy Garoppolo is traded and moved before training camp. So that way Trey Lance can come in and handle business without any distractions and without any of those unfair questions that he's going to get from the media. uh, Because that's one of the things he shouldn't have to deal with, you know, as the starting quarterback of this team right now. But he would have to deal with those things, so I'm not I'm not sure that that's a good situation for him. But I don't know if you heard about Trent Williams talking about Trey Lance becoming a a leader, and he was talking about the fact that Trey Lance doesn't have to become a leader, or you know, like that's that's not the expectation of a quarterback. He says, does he have those qualities, and is is he going to be a great leader? Yeah but that's not an expectation because they have him they have George Kittle they have Fred Warner it doesn't have to um, be one it doesn't have to be one so they're letting it happen naturally and i really did like the the things that Trent Williams had to say
1: that's usually how it works right like someone doesn't come in and you bring this guy in and go here here are the keys this is your team now also lead said team without having done anything uh, that that would be like a coach bringing in a freshman to a program that's got established starters and faces who have been through the ringer that have the respect of the team and being like, hi guys who have been here three, four years. uh, No, this kid right here, fresh face, newbie, just off the fresh off the bus. This is his first day here. This is his team. Now that's crazy. You earn that, you earn that respect. You earn that responsibility and you demonstrate over time, uh, playing through adversity, picking your team up in down moments or when you're the one causing said down moments finding a way to rally and contribute in other ways, doing other things to help your team get over the hump. That's what endears you to a group. That's what gets a group behind behind you. And then it makes it extremely easy to lead once you've done those things.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You let the things happen naturally. And Trey Lance is going to naturally ascend to one of the leaders on this football team. He's a signal caller. He's the one that's going to handle everything that happens in the huddle. So I think you're just going to let this thing happen. And when it does, you know, Trey Lance is going to, you know, step to that next level. And Trey had some very interesting comments as well. True. Uh, Whether it was about his motion, which he thinks is a a big pile of doo-doo that everyone keeps bringing it up, that it's not a big deal to him. It's not you know, he said all your slow motion videos, uh, he, he's not worried about that. All he's worried about is getting the ball quickly, getting it out on time, and also that it's as accurate as possible. And guess what? Those are the things he should wor- worry about. The other cool thing that I kind of mentioned to you was the fact that when he was in L.A., he was talking about that helping him become a better thrower of the football, working with all these specialty coaches such as John Beck. And Quincy Avery but when he's with the 49ers he's working on becoming a better quarterback including recognizing defenses knowing where his receivers are going to be and getting the ball out on schedule
1: so you're telling me that in the offseason he works on skill sets that allow him to put the ball in the right spot and during the season he works on recognizing defenses so he can take the skill set he worked on the offseason and apply it to his team to be the best quarterback he can be yes oh <laughs> That's stunned. I'm, I'm stunned by this. Oh my God. It's like building blocks on building blocks. And it's yeah. like you lay a foundation and then you build off that said foundation. Uh, Trey, Trey saying that lets me know exactly everything. Well, it let me know, know something about Trey that I already knew, right? It kind of just reaffirms it. This kid is highly intelligent. He understands yeah. what it takes to develop and improve as a player. And he's working towards being the best player, best version of himself. He's not worried about all the other outside noise, which is wonderful to hear because it's going to continue. Trey Lance. Trey Lance, you are not going to escape the noise. The noise will follow you. Grant Cohn will try and bring the noise down on you. The noise on you. You don't want You don't want it, but yeah. you, it's inescapable. And the fact that it's already not affecting him, he's not getting caught up in all of this other talk and nonsense is great to hear. And it also lets me know that this kid, is his mindset is in the right spot, right? His eye is on the prize. And right now the prize is a Super Bowl, but for Trey Lance, he knows that He's not going to be the one winning said Super Bowl right now. That's not what's being asked of him. What's being asked of him is to become the best quarterback he can be for the 49ers, which means a little bit of the game managing and then blending the athleticism and all the incredible skill sets that he has with that cannon of a fricking arm and blending that all together to give this team the best chance to get over the hump.
0: Yeah. And with some of the phrasing of the things he said, including talking about, you know, kind of talking with Steve young and going over some things I like the way that he phrased things, understanding what the quarterback position means in San Francisco, that the scrutiny you're going to get on you, but always be yourself and, you know, and just stay within yourself. And I, I think those are really cool things, you know, that that is going to be nice for him to learn. And he's also going to a quarterback that understands that situation, taking over for a polarizing quarterback. And, of course, Joe Montana was fantastic, but also a guy that is was kind of seen as a runner who wasn't much of a pocket presence. There was a lot of unknowns about Steve Young. Um, so there's going to be some similarities that they can definitely come together on. And I think that that's going to be good for him. And he's always going to have somebody to lean on. But he also talked about his relationship with Brian Greasy. And I think Greasy's going about it the right way. Um, asking him, you know, why you're here and why you're an NFL quarterback and those kind of things are good questions because they're being able to create on a more personal level. I think that's how Brian Gracie's approaching it. Is attacking it from that level, building a really good relationship. And the fact that you have uh, Clay Kubiak, who was with you know Trey Lance on the scout team all last year, as far as coaching and stuff, uh, he feels comfortable with there. So there's one constant there, and then they bring in Gracie, who understands the situation of what happens to you on the field.
1: Not just that, man, but that question: how many how many professional athletes are asked that question? Not in the sense of like, hey. You know, ain't wearing his <laughs> why jersey. There you go. Solid David, <laughs> solid. Um, but asking that question, a lot of a lot of top caliber ask athletes, you know, why are you know, how did you make it to the NFL? Like, how did you get here? There's not a why. That why question typically isn't asked because typically most guys look at it and go, Why? Because um, this, I have these measurables, I do these things, I've demonstrated all of these things. Well, Trey Lance has nice, wonderful measurables, but he hasn't necessarily demonstrated over time. So being able to ask him that and allow him to self-reflect and look at, well, yeah, why did this team take this chance on me? You know, why am why am I in this position having played yeah. at a small school gives him that time to not only reflect and on and, and all of those things, but let him know that, hey, there's also a sense of this too, where a lot of people are going to be asking you similar types of questions. They're going to be questioning, you know, why you were the third overall pick, why you deserve to be in this spot. And it's not necessarily the answer you give, it's what you can go out and do and show to just Make them stop asking the question, because at the end of the day, that's all you can really do if you're Trey Lance, is go out, show it, prove it. There's no answers to the questions. There's no answers, because the reality is, right, someone took you at that spot because they wanted to take you at that spot. They believed in your traits. They believed in your skill set. They believed in who you are as a person and who you are as a player and what you could become. The only answer to the question is doing it actually physically doing it there's no response that you can give that's going to make people feel one way or the other people have made their determination on trey lance and all that's left for him to do is go out and become whoever it is he's going to become and i'm very confident that it's going to be absolutely incredible it's just a matter of when does it all click
0: yeah i'm, I'm really shocked that people have made a determination on who trey lance is because he hasn't even been given the opportunity to develop any of his true you know abilities uh he talked about it being an absolute uncomfortable situation last year. You know, where he said, he said the media wanted to talk to him. And he said, you know, he didn't, it, what, what do did they want to talk about? He wasn't playing, you know, and I think that's one of the things that I saw from him was a, a definite comfort in dealing with the media last year. He was a happy go lucky, just excited to be here to talk to the media and was kind of enjoying it. You could tell it was more business. Now uh, Trey Lance is settling into his role and his role is to be the starting quarterback of the 49ers. And he takes it serious. And uh, everything he was doing and the way that he was approaching the media, he's definitely polished and comfortable in, in what his expectations are for himself and what his expectations are being his starting quarterback in San Francisco. So I'm I'm excited about that. I think mentally he's one of the strongest guys, you know, there is on the team. And that's good because he's going to have to do that because right now the national media is coming after him. Uh, but if he has any bad g- bad games, those people that he was joking and laughing with today, um they'll turn on him too, because that's just how it happens. If you're it's what have you done for me lately league? and if you don't have a good Stop. moment every single moment, uh, they're gonna come and get you. So I'm hoping some people will be patient with them. I'm gonna try to give the the local media a little bit of of. Uh, leeway here and that they're going to be good for trey lance initially and let the let the kid develop because i think once they do the kid's going to develop into a really really great player
1: correct alvia says this is the type of quarterback that kyle said could bail him out sometimes question mark yeah i mean this is what you're looking for as a coach you're looking for a guy who has shown the iq and the intelligence that trey lance has has uh, has shown the the dedication to not only his craft, but improving himself in, in as many aspects of the game and at the quarterback position that he can, that also has all of the tools that not every quarterback possesses the athleticism, the ability to escape the pocket, the ability to be a tough physical runner who can take a beating and stand up when guys are getting hands on him and be able to break out of sacks and get out of the pocket. And then once does that, he does that. And, uh, can launch the ball a quarter of a mile with that freaking cannon of an arm. Uh, that isn't a skill set that every quarterback has the capability of doing or even doing at a decently high level. Trey has already shown that the deep ball is one of his best skill sets already, so... You take the thing he does great already. You add it into what you're expecting your quarterback to do. And you hope that he can blend right. His skill sets and the thing he does great with what you expect out of your quarterback right now, which is tempo, being able to get the ball out on time, distribute the ball accordingly to the right spots when you're calling the right plays against certain coverages. Uh, And then when things break down, it's not a sack. It's not, you know, uh, an incomplete pass. It's not a throwaway. It's a scramble, create, buy some time, let your receivers be athletes in space Uh, and make plays, huge plays.
0: Yeah, I I think so. And, you know, that that exact comment is what Kyle Shanahan was talking about, about escaping, you know, and and when plays break down, making something happen down the field. But I would argue that some aspects of Trey Lance and the way that he plays quarterback are actually better for Kyle Shanahan's system than Jimmy Garoppolo's, one of those in which is playing from under center. I think Trey Lance does it at a very high level. He did it really well in college, and I think I've seen it translate pretty well to the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo, proven over the last couple years, especially this last year, that he's more comfortable in the shotgun. Uh, He feels better being able to read the defense from that situation, not going through drops, uh, but then being able to get rid of the ball with the ridiculously quick release that he has. So I think in that area, Trey Lance is going to be better. The one thing that Trey Lance has to continue to work on, which we know he will, is just that void over the middle where Jimmy Garoppolo is fantastic. Uh, That's where Trey Lance needs to get better. And if he can, and he talked a little bit about The wobble, uh, because the wobble came up in conversation again, and he talked about he's not worried about it. You know, basically, as long as he gets the ball to the receiver on time, uh, that's what he's looking to do. And if it gets there, guess what? Those wide receivers are going to catch the football. Um, So I think that's one thing that he's going to continue to work on. But he was ready for everything that was coming his way. The PR department did a good job of letting him know, hey, these are the questions that are coming your way, and I think Trey is working on his game and. I'm excited to see what he can do. And if he can excel in that middle of the field with the possibilities to be able to extend plays, he's going to be able to make some huge plays for the 49ers. There's going to be a lot of moments where we're going to be jumping up off the couch or if you're in the stadium going crazy uh, because Trey's going to make some plays. You're like, how the heck did he do that? And thank God we got that guy.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Luke Luna, day one in the house, in the book. What's up, dude? Yeah, what's up, Luke? Welcome. Welcome to chat. Missed you, man. Missed you, but yeah, hey, good to see, good to hear and see you down there, man. Good, good to hear from you, indeed. Uh, and look, I, I think this is extremely exciting at the <clears throat> the quarterback position, obviously, and and it's very exciting just about the Niners being able to get back on the field, getting all the big names out there as well with this team, and getting Debo back around the the organization, the the coaching staff, the players, and seeing that. Uh, I mean, if you want to call it relationship mending, then you can call it relationship mending. Uh, but the reality is it's just typical contract negotiations at the professional level. It's good to see all of that coming into the fold and coming into fruition. Uh, and what I'm really excited about also is what's going to be happening at the center position because Kyle talked a little bit about Jig Brendel and, and how yeah. well he's looked and you know how he's exceeded expectations in terms of how, he, how he's been and, and all of that fun stuff. But to hear Trent Williams talk about Brendel but also talk about Daniel Brunskill and the level of IQ that that man possesses, Makes me think that we have a big center controversy or battle at least brewing here for training camp.
0: Yeah, when Kyle Shannon was talking about Brindle, he brought up Brunskill, skill. Um, but he also said that there's some young guys, too, that are going to be in the mix for that. Uh, and the media didn't stop there. So I give them a lot of uh, a lot of applause for what they did is they asked about potentially bringing in a veteran center. And he said, yeah, we've talked about it. We've looked at all avenues. We're looking at bringing from anyone from a starter all the way to the back end of the depth. Um, we're always looking to improve this team. And I thought he did a really good job of kind of skirting around the issue that potentially JC Treder could be an option. Uh, Mr. Corey went in chat earlier and said, JC Treder is going to be the day one starter. Book Confirmed. Um, I think that there's when it comes to Brendel, the conversation coming from it and the things that they were talking about Brendel coming from Miami because of Chris Forrester. Um, that is something that can't be you know, denied or, or forgotten because Forster's the offensive line coach. He's the run game coordinator. And then bringing up the fact Brendel understands this offense inside now, and, and I think is a good situation for him. The fact that his metrics when he came out in the draft in 2016 were off the charts athleticism-wise, and Trent Williams talked about his fantastic and short area quickness and understanding what he's supposed to do. I think Brendel is looking like he's an actual option there at the center position. So we'll see what happens. and we'll see if any of these young guys are able to get any snaps. But right now, I think from what Kyle Shannon and uh, you know, and Trent Williams had to say, Jake Brendel seems to be the leader in the clubhouse with his relationship with Chris Forrester, followed by Daniel Brunskill. And then some of the young guys.
1: That's true. And I think, uh, I, I think that that's fair. I think uh, once we see Daniel Brunskill healthy, we'll get a better idea of what the plan actually is for San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, but going to be some time, going to be some time for them. We got a $5 super chat from Luke Luna. I got some love and five on it. Misty you guys. Life is crazy. I always uh I always be here believe that. Trust me. Trust me. I believe that.
0: Yeah, thanks Luke. We really appreciate the $5 super chat. It means a lot. And welcome back. It has been a while. I've missed Luke in chat. Absolutely. So thanks so much for coming through with that and uh look forward to the conversations we're going to have here in the in the future with Luke and
1: I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, look, I took a little break. Luke took a little break, and now the band's back <laughs> together again. Welcome, back. Good to, good to, Better, and than, better ever. than ever. Better than ever. T.O. Yeah. dancing for you up there on the screen because he is just as excited. He wants us to get our popcorn ready for you in chat, Luke, so we're we're doing that. Uh, no, it, it was definitely interesting, though, hearing Kyle talk about that, bringing it up, hearing Trent talk about that, bringing it up. It was also interesting hearing Trent talk about the fact that He doesn't believe he should have played in said NFC Championship game. Looking back on it now, he thinks that Colton McKivitz with two healthy legs was a better option than Trent at the end of the season. Some high praise for Colton McKivitz and and again showing how close this room is is a tight knit group that showed up for Trent's documentary last year as well. They're they're very tight and and with one another and support supporting one another. Um, does that make you think that maybe there's anything there with Colton McKivitz being able to compete for a job on this offensive line somewhere?
0: I think Cole McEvitts is one of those guys that definitely respect in the in the room, and I think Mr. Corey is gonna could end up paying both of our mortgages, which would be awesome. That would be great. Um, so for a month at least, that would be a thing. So thanks, Mr. Corey, for that, and go Jake Brendel. Damn. Um, I, I need a Brendel jersey at this point, Mr. Uh,
1: Mr. Corey. I understand something. You have put this into chat, <laughs> and and I am agreeing to this, especially since there's nothing on my end <laughs> if it's not Jake Brendel. So, um. I will 100% be holding you to that.
0: Yeah, uh, I love that chat, by the way. That was that was fantastic. S- sweet, you know, and and Trent Williams talking about that, I'm sure that's a nod to you know Colt McKibbitts, the way that he said it, because Trent Williams is one of those guys. But I think it's another thing where it's a guy beating himself up and thinking that he didn't play up to potential. And anyone that's lost a big championship game knows you all. You go back and you look at these situations, and you're like, man, what could I have done better? And I think Trey Williams is looking and saying, hey, I wasn't healthy enough to help my football team win. And I think he's taking some of that blame on. Uh, But that's also what a leadership leader does. Uh, They take some of the blame on. They go, hey, this was me. This wasn't you. Uh, And he's going to live with that. So I'm excited about that 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 potential of what could happen. And who knows what just happened with Alex. But hopefully there's no injury.
1: Well, hey, uh, no injury. And uh, bottom of the seat did not come up through into my booty hole. So we're all good there. 499 Super Chat from David Campbell. My YouTube channel membership got hosed up. So here is a super chat. Instead, thanks for everything, guys. David, thank you. We yeah, yeah
0: thanks, David. Really appreciate hey, it. Y- YouTube, what are you doing? Yeah. What's going on? Here? I know. And David's one of the great ones, too. He is. Yeah.
1: How could you do that to him? What's wrong with you, YouTube? Get, 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 get your mind right. Get, <laughs> get it together. Get it together over there. Get get all your stuff in a bag and then get it together, YouTube, please. That's right. Um, look, I I think it's it is extremely telling that Trey Lance not Trey Lance, excuse me, but Trent Williams is, is saying the things that he's saying. I think it's extremely telling of where this O-line is and maybe what the coaching staff is feeling about this O line, because if Trent's feeling that way, the coaching staff is probably feeling a very similar way about how talented this group is, and maybe there's not as much to worry about as people are talking about. I will tell you what, it getting to see some video of Aaron Banks my oh my does he look large in charge and moving I did not see that level of movement from Aaron Banks the last season that I'm seeing right now out of him
0: yeah Aaron Banks looks absolutely fantastic not only does he look like a a complete monster uh even standing next to Trent Williams He he looked big he looked huge but he was moving you're right he was moving at a high level he looks really good Trent Williams talked about him losing 20 pounds but we know he's still 330 pounds So really all he did was chisel off 20 pounds of fat and then replace that with nice lean muscle that he's gonna be able to go out there and handle business with. I'm very much looking forward to what he can do on that left side next to Trent Williams. And we know Trent Williams is going to do everything he can to get Aaron Banks in the right positions. But Aaron Banks will be the starting left guard and barring anything happening on, on opening day. And I think that's at least cool that we have one answer to this offensive line question because there's still some more in other places, but that was something good to watch. What was interesting to watch though was Trent Williams doing bag work with Jason Poe. And just seeing how
1: much smaller Poe was he than is, Trent Williams. He is tiny. He is tiny. Well, he's not really tiny, right? He's 6'1", 300 pounds. No, he's not tiny, but he is tiny standing next to Trent Williams. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He is tiny standing next to Trent Williams.
0: Oh, I, uh, I, Mr. Corey says, y'all missed earlier where I said Banks was making the Pro Bowl with Lance.
1: Oh, he did say that. He did. I remember, I remember Mr. Corey saying that. Um, look, I'm not. That's, that's a bit. That's bold. Mr. I like really, bold. It's really bold. I do, too. I'm not going to go there. I'm not, I'm not with you there. Uh, if he is just a starter who plays solid snaps this year and and is consistent and is in the conversation for like pro bowl or like most improved player of the year or something, then like, like I'm, I'm to the moon, to the moon excitement.
0: I I think I want to watch training camp because if I see training camp, I'll, and I'll have an understanding of where he's at physically um, you know how he's able to move inside the offense, how he's moving with the other guys. I think right now with OTAs, you don't see enough in the film. Uh, so being there and physically being able to see it, I would love for that to happen. So, Mr. Corey, if we get to the end of July, I might jump on board with you Good. and potentially say he's going to make the Pro Bowl. Uh, but I want to see him in pass sets. I want to see him doing some of the things he hasn't done yet. Uh, So so we'll see, because one of the questions last year was lateral quickness. I'm sure his body is going to help him be a little bit faster laterally in the way that he's able to move,
1: Uh, but there's still some technique things I want to see him fix, too. Uh, Yeah, there's definitely some technique things, but look, as of right now, one of the biggest issues with me was mobility with him, and from what I've seen so far, and I can't say this with certainty, and like this this is 100% confirmed, but I've seen more from him in terms of his mobility, getting up to second level, moving around to make blocks, than i saw at any point last year during training camp and i now am excited about his development last year i was not willing to go anywhere with the daniel brunskill aaron banks debate in terms of if he could start right now i feel very confident that he can start on one side of the line opposite of a daniel brunskill and that's saying a lot because last year i wasn't there
0: yeah i mean right now right if, if daniel brunskill stays at guard uh, you've, you've pretty much got four of the five spots figured out because mm-hmm. Banks will be that left guard taking over from Tomlinson. It's a tall order. But the questions then would just revolve around the center position. If Jalen Moore steps into that guard spot, then it frees up Daniel Brunskill. Uh, but listening to the things that Trent Williams said about Daniel Brunskill and how smart he is and how he understands every single part of the offense and how you know talking to him is like talking to a coach um, and the things that him and Mike McGlinchey, talked about him and Mike McGlinchey helping the young guys at practice. I think Daniel Brunskill's. It's going to take a lot to beat him out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not going to go ahead and say that it's a foregone conclusion that Jalen Moore is going to beat out Brunskill. And I still might believe that Brunskill's the best option at right guard. and If he is, you might not want to weaken the center position by moving Brunskill there. Because I think he's a better guard than he is center. Uh, so let, let's see what happens with Brendel and if he overall he can make things happen.
1: That will be exciting to watch with Jake Brendel and see what his development is. And if you're Mr. Corey, and you want J- you want Jalen Moore playing right guard because he wants. Obviously, Daniel Brunskill will play right tackle, and Mike McGlinchey can get the, get the freak on out of here because he's done with him. Uh, but look, I, I'm not there yet. I, I think they're very high on Mike McGlinchey. I don't I think, think you so give too. him that extension if you if you weren't. Uh, the injury happening at the end of last season, unfortunate. Hopefully, he's healthy and able to start the year off hot and healthy because if he is, uh, you're looking at a, a pretty solid O-line group with the only question being the center position. And if, really, if, if that truly is your only question mark offensively going into this next season, Ant, then the Niners have successfully done what they've done every single year, which is improve the team on weaknesses from the year prior and go into the year with one question on this roster at one specific one. I want to say glaring, but one obvious question mark somewhere. And then we find out if it's make or break for this team.
0: Yeah. And I think if this continues to be a question, if they don't feel that comfortable with Jake Brendel, they're going to go ahead and make a move and get JC Treder. I think that that is something that can continue to do. If they do release D Ford, as it seems that they're going to do, they're going to have six million dollars <throat> in free cap space. It's true, that would be enough to get through the year. So, you know, you don't really want to use that money because that would be the operating cost that you need to operate throughout the season. True, but you still have the caveat that Jimmy Garoppolo's twenty five point two million dollars could come off the books. Um, so, if you, Hallelujah, if you had money, you could figure that thing out. But I think having six million dollars would definitely be enough to go out and get JC Treader at this point. I don't think that he's seeing the value in the open market that he was expecting to see. And I think all the question marks surrounding his knees may mean the 49ers can come through with something cheaper. The question is though, do you want to go move on from a at risk injury player like D Ford to an at risk injury player? Like, you know, JC Treader. I know it's a different position, but it seems like the Fourniers are trying to trend away from injured veteran players.
1: Very true. Mr. Corey, you are correct. Thank you for that clarification there. I didn't misspeak. I didn't mean uh, extension. I meant exercising of said fifth-year option. So Mr. Corey, phenomenal there. Thank you for well that, done. my guy. Uh, how is the kicker situation? Our franchise has needs, LOL, says <laughs> Frank. Um, fine. I'm assuming fine.
0: Yeah, special teams is a, you know, they're doing their thing. Well, they, they
1: they improved it in so many different areas. I don't think they're concerned about anything with special teams right now. I think they like what they saw at of Wichnowski last year. Uh, I think they like, obviously, what Robbie Gould has continued to do, especially come playoff time. Um, it's really about improving the special team in other areas, and they did that. They addressed it.
0: Yeah, they did. I, I think special teams is something they improved in a big way um, from, you know, coach all the way down to staff. You know, and Ray, <laughs> Ray McLeod being able to handle the you know, the kick and punt return uh, ability or you know, job is going to be nice because they going not have the questions about Brandon Ayuk. I want Brandon Ayuk focused on being a wide receiver. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that that'll really help him and his his roles with his team. So I, I did like that. And the fact that they got Oren Burks and, you know, and George Odom and some of these guys to be able to help on special teams to already go with the great ones they have, like Flanagan Fowles. I like
1: Talanoa Hufanga. Yeah, what but showed? if
0: Hufanga is a starter, how much special teams yeah, is he going to be not playing? Much, not much. Um, but I, I think that they do have a really, a really good special teams players, and I'm excited about how much better that third of the team is going to be.
1: Very true, Mr. Corey just said it. I don't know how you guys are feeling about this, but I'm starting to let go of Tart and getting mentally ready for Talanoa Hufanga. I'm actually more prepared for Tarverius Moore right now than I am Hufanga, but I think it's going to be a battle between those two guys specifically for that job.
0: Yeah, I think we might see a little combination of <clears throat> Tarvarius Moore and Talano Ufonga working together uh, in certain situations, uh, similar to what you saw from Ufanga and the Quitsky this year, where they kind of used them and interchanged them. I think you could see a little bit of that, but we'll see what uh, Tarvarius Moore looks like, because we haven't got to see him since 2020 on the football field, because he got hurt very early in OTAs last year. So uh, we'll see what he's about. We know Ufanga is getting better, and we're all excited about that. But once again these players have to go prove it on the field and right now we're talking about otas we're talking about you know kind of walkthroughs and seven on sevens uh right now yeah you want to go through and you want to you know show your abilities uh, but nothing's going to be completely measured until we get into training camp when full competition starts when guys are going 100 and we get into preseason games
1: that's right and that's when practices really kick up uh two (laughs) dollars super chat there from luke luna this one's for herd. love it Ant.
0: i love that and if you follow me on twitter you know that just this week i was wondering I wonder what Jalen Hurd's doing. I wonder how he's feeling. I I, I just think, you know, was wondering about Jalen Hurd.
1: I'm still wondering about Jalen Hurd.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, Jay, Jay Hill had some very negative comments. I'm I'm
1: stunned by saying this. Saying
0: no one was thinking about uh, Jalen Hurd, but other people liked my post, so I think there is people that are just wondering, what the heck happened to that poor guy?
1: I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Jalen Hurd. I wish him nothing but the best in, in a shocking turn of events. And Jason is just a negative poopy head. <laughs> Yeah, so face-off should be fun this it's year. It's going to be a lot of fun this year, Ant. It's going to be a blast even freaking Jay Hill, I swear. Uh, Aziz, also a good special team player. If Greenlaw is healthy... Yeah, I mean, they might, they could use him in, yeah. in certain situations, especially crucial situations, but I don't expect to see Aziz playing a whole lot of special teams early in this football season.
0: No, I think you'll see him like on, you know, PAT. So there's some certain situations, maybe a punt return situation. You could see Aziz, uh, they'll play some of their starting guys with him. Probably not having as many snaps as Drake Greenlaw. He's more likely true. But when you have Oren Burks and you have Demetrius at fouls, two linebackers already going to be, you know, playing a lot of special teams and they're really good special teams players you might not need to put his ease out there. So I think they have moments where they have to put some of these better players out there. And and Tart was also a very good special teams player. I I think they just don't need that right now. So I'm hoping that they can keep their starters off and they've improved enough with the depth players to have really good special teams players. Uh, So we are, our, our big time guys can rest
1: or Mr. Corey, all of the above on that comment or all of the above the, the drop pissed them off or irked them they don't have the money right now to sign him or he wants too much money is what he's thinking. It could be any of those. It could be none of those reasons. It also could be a combination of all of them. Who knows Frank at about six to eight weeks. He believes the offense is going to gel, expect some bumps bumps. But if Trey can actually read the field and I think he can, the rise should be pretty spectacular.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it I don't know how long it's gonna take him, you know, to get comfortable in this offense. But one thing I do know is that they're they got a, a really nice easy start of their schedule, including Chicago. That could help them gel a lot earlier. And that's mm-hmm. really what they need to do because Denver in week three looms. Uh so they need to go ahead and win those first two games and that'll put them in a better situation. Uh so I'm I'm excited about potentially, you know, this offense gelling. I just don't know how long it's gonna take. To me, it's no. not like six to eight weeks. It could be a lot earlier, depending on how Trey Lance starts to work with these guys. The good news is he's already worked with Debo. He's already worked with Brian Newick and Jawan Jennings. So it's just getting used to the two young guys. Oh, and Ray McCloud. That's
1: that's true. There, there's going to be, there's going to be a learning curve. The question is, is you know, how much can you overcome? How much can you climb? How much can Trey, um, you know, go above and beyond what we saw from last season to, to elevate his game and, and to show that he can be that guy consistently week in week out for, for 17 weeks. I mean, that's, that's the reality. We haven't seen that. Um, he hasn't done that. He has not had to do that once in his playing career, 17 weeks at the, the highest possible level that he's ever experienced. Um, this is a test. I mean, it, this is essentially, this is a theory, a 49ers theory in terms of them actually testing this out. Is Trey Lance the option? Is he the guy? Is he the solution to the problems? Is he a guy that can elevate your offense and take it to another level? Um, you're testing this, you're testing this hypothesis in real time there's going to be some good tests that result in wonderful amazing things and there's going to be some times where people are sitting there going what in the world is happening no this this cannot be um again tamper, taper expectations a little bit don't don't start going crazy you know 3900 passing yards 700 rushing yards like that's not Let's not. not go, let's not go, what is a draft network? Let's not go draft yeah. network with this, okay? Like, let's just keep this thing down. If he is putting up numbers like the 3,900 yards passing, just the passing numbers like that, Jimmy Garoppolo type numbers, then the 49ers offense is already going to be in a very, very good spot. There's not a whole lot more that he needs to do other than not turn the ball over as much. If he doesn't turn the ball over as much and puts up very similar passing yards this year alone, Ant it's going to translate to, to success for San Francisco.
0: Yeah, I think if he if they can get the run game going and make him feel confident and be able to hit play-action pass, get him outside the pocket, uh, and then I think run a little bit of RPO and read option just to keep people honest, I think the Trey Lance is going to have some windows to be able to deliver the football on time. And his receivers, he has playmakers that can make a lot of plays for him. So I think it hinges on the run game just like every single Kyle Shanahan offense usually does. And I think it's going to be very important for this young player. So if this offensive line gels early, uh, then you're going to see a lot of production from this offense. If the offensive line has early struggles, Trey Lance might have some early struggles. And it's not against him, it's just that's the potential of what could happen if the offensive line doesn't get where it needs to be. So, keeping as many par- parts together as possible is a good situation. So, I mean, potentially Brendel playing center with Brunskill at right guard could keep some of that together because I'm sure Brendel took snaps. You know, with that first unit, with Alex Mack taking so many of his rest days.
1: You are not wrong there, Aunt. Mr. Corey, Jalen Hurd just injured his hand, withdrawing all of that $40 money from his bank account. Big yikes. Luke Luna, do you guys think the guy from the Colts, Odom, has a shot? I think he's much better than he was allowed to show with the Colts starting, uh, sitting behind starters. He has a chance to be one here, potentially. Thoughts on that, Ant? Because George Odom, we... we onset right? There was some... Possibilities. There's some hope. And since then, it's kind of tapered off to more Talano, Hufanga, Tarverius, and more talks. Are people sleeping on this man?
0: I mean, they might be, right? There was some similar conversation coming out from Tavon Wilson last year. You know, could Tavon Wilson show up and be able to take the starting job? And then ultimately, the 49ers went status quo with Jimmy Ward and Jaquiski Tart. I think George Odom's a good player, and I think he's better than Tavon Wilson. Uh, But I think they did bring him in with the thought that he was going to be able to add depth and then add on special teams. His 10 starts do mean he has the opportunity to go in there and compete, but he's going to go out there and have to take that brass ring. No one's going to hand it to him. Uh, so he's got an opportunity. I think everyone does. But when it comes down to it, just like always, the Forty ers look at these players. They want guys that they've invested in. So Talno, Hufanga, Tavares, more guys they invested in early. But then Hufanga has the most uh, longevity potential because of what is available on his contract with three more years. So Hufanga should be the leader in the clubhouse for that reason. But I think Tarvaris Moore is able to compete. I hope that they just leave this completely open, uh, but we'll see.
1: Uh, we're going to see indeed. Ant and Jason Butler here, Trey is going to finally win us the Super Bowl. Trey can get third and fourth down with his feet. That will lead us to the Super Bowl. The NFC is not that strong anymore. So not confident in the strength of the NFC Ant and not believing that they can do enough. The NFC can do enough to keep it rolling. And uh, that'll, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then shout out to Heather with the 1999 super chat showing support to my favorite podcast. Keep it up guys. Thanks so much, Heather. Really appreciate that. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Wonderful. That's glorious. Thank you. Thank
0: Thank you you. so much for the super chats. Everyone's been killing the super chats and uh, we really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. And Tart is still unsigned. So I saw that from somebody, uh, David Campbell said, is Tart still unsigned? Yes, Yes. At this point in time, nothing, nothing from Mr. Tart there in that area. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens if anything happens with Jagrski Tart. But as of right now, I think I don't think the Niners need to do anything with their safety room. This is one of the the question marks. They're they're ready to go into season with, or at least training camp with. And and now it's up to the guys on the roster to either prove this coaching staff right. These are the guys we should have been rolling with, or prove them wrong. Oh my God, panic! No, this was a mistake. We need to go bring this guy back.
0: Well, I think what's nice is the Niners have a great situation because. They're sitting back and, and they've got good, really good players that they believe in right now. But there's really good veterans available too that if they decide, hey, we need to push a, a button and go get one of those guys, if we can. With Treader and Tart still available, if the 49ers decided they needed to shore up one of those spots, you know, in an instant, they could go ahead and get that done. True. Uh, so that is good news for the 49ers. And so normally there's not really good football players at positions of need available. And the 49ers have those, those at their disposal. So maybe they're going to go ahead and make one of these moves eventually getting through mini camp. I'm sure is a part of that. And then they're going to have 40 plus days to be able to decide, Hey, do I want to roll with what we got right now? Or should we go ahead and make a move before training camp? And it could all hinge on a Jimmy Garoppolo getting moved before training camp. But at some point we're going to know the answer to this. And it could be as simple as, Hey, we already got the guys.
1: It's Very true. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens if, or when uh, Jimmy Garoppolo gets moved. And because once that happens, a lot of things fall into place in the Niners all of a sudden go from hamstrung in terms of building their roster and bringing guys in and, and plugging holes to being able to do well, uh, pretty much a a whole host of things, including making trades for players. If need be in order to fill holes.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing right now. They, it it was, it got a little scary there for a minute, right? With the financial situations. But whenever you have five or $6 million, you have all your rookies already signed. You're sitting in a good situation. If you're the 49ers, mm -hmm. because they have 90 guys on the roster, so they could roll with what they got and the operating money is already there. So the four yards are financially in a good situation. It's just if they want to make extra moves or luxury moves that that would be. Uh, maybe they will at some point, but right now they don't have to. And if, if it works out with younger guys who can develop, then you just roll with the younger guys because they're more cost effective.
1: Mm, that is accurate. And uh, Bolivar saying Jimmy to Cleveland Browns quarterback situation is deteriorating. Is it? Is something going on with Deshaun Watson?
0: Yeah, Deshaun Watson apparently has another civil case that came against him as well. Another person has been added to that list. My word. And then the New York Times came out and, and said he had like 66 appointments uh, with, with these massage therapists. Um, so the numbers are jumping to the amount of people. So potentially the rumors are Deshaun Watson could miss the entire season. And that means Baker Mayfield would be the starting quarterback. Uh, I think right now they still have that situation. Now, if that happens, it means Baker Mayfield's not available. If Baker Mayfield's not available, then that means the only option is Jimmy Garoppolo. So if somebody has an injury or Carolina decides they need to make a move, uh, that means Jimmy's the only uh, course of, of, you know, half go down. Jimmy, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. It is. A lot to take in. I mean, are you shocked Deshaun Watson was going to have some issues?
1: Oh no, not at all. I mean, I expected there to be more issues. Yeah. Um, Sixty-six in seventeen months. I gotta do some research before I comment on this in any way, shape, or form. That's the
0: exact number too. So Marvin Rose, thank you for that. I,
1: I appreciate yeah. that, Marvin. That gives me a lot of things to to look and think about with this. Uh, uh well, yeah. Well, Deshaun, uh I, I got nothing for you right now, my guy. Uh, uh not looking good for you, I'll just say that. Uh Brad Jones, uh, Chapman and Breezy said a little earlier today during the John Wayne show over oh, yeah. Over the John on, Wayne show, yeah. On, on the Breezy Entertainment Network and on John Chapman's YouTube channel. Uh so if you're ever looking for additional 40 hours content, that's two solid places to go look. And, it is. Uh it seems none of the coaches are worried about the O-line. We've been hinting at this. We've been saying this for a while. I know fans felt that way. I know a lot of talking hits felt that way. I I don't know. I don't know if I felt that way because I'm sitting there going, maybe the the coaching staff knows something we don't. They feel confident about their development, and they've seen enough or seen something that makes them go, yeah, we have the pieces and in the in the horses in-house already.
0: I've often believed that the coaching staff was very happy with Daniel Brunskill, so that didn't surprise me. Um, I think the thing that has surprised me recently is more about Brindle, but now that you can relate Brindle uh, coming to the 49ers because of Chris Forrester and what he was able to do there uh, in Miami, I think it all makes a lot more sense. Um, so to me, the the questions about the offensive line I think have been shored up a little bit over the last couple of years because of the draft and development. True. and I think they're very confident in what Aaron Banks has done and the work that he's put in. And of course, they're going to be confident in the second round pick. That's a lot of value that they put on him.
1: That's a lot of value. It's a lot of value to put on a guy. And uh, my goodness, X, you need to you need to calm yourself down there, guy. Okay? You need to calm yourself over there. Uh, <laughs> I'll be
0: honest. You know what it kind of reminds me of when it comes to uh, Deshaun Watson? It's like Chris Rock. I don't know. I'm sorry. Uh, Chris Tucker. When he's in... Um...
1: You you <laughs> jumping from the black man in the buffet line. What's wrong with you? No, it's with Jackie
0: Chan. Yeah, like on Rush Hour. too. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, I'm going to need a little bit more massage. So I'm going to take this one. I'm going I'm to take the, this one right here. I'm
1: going to take you. this one in <laughs> the pit, too.
0: That's what I think about.
1: I messed up my neck and my back. <laughs> so I'm going to take, take her over there, too. <laughs> uh brown's paying at least 50 million for their quarterback room if watson is is basically put down and baker is released and they trade for jimmy g big yikes except for deshaun watson's number
0: this year is 1.2 million dollars it's not very high. uh they reworked his deal so um they made it cost effective so their quarterback room is actually going to be 19 million dollars even with deshaun watson being suspended for the whole year
1: it's true it's not it up being a lot of money right now this year uh the question is Antis if it plays out the way it's playing out right now this year what is going to prevent it from carrying into next year and the year after and the year after
0: yeah i mean that's one of the things it was really dangerous to make that move yeah. you know and as soon as the legal issues came up you knew the 49ers were going to absolutely put the kibosh on any interest that had to do with Deshaun Watson they needed to move on and that's why they went ahead and and turned the page and moved right to Trey Lance an upstanding you know player who everyone respects in his college um and they felt really comf- confident with him as a young man so i understand why they went that way and now now, Trey Lance is a guy, and I'm I'm glad that we don't have to talk about Deshaun Watson and the suspension you know, looming over the 49ers season because, dang, it would derail What everything. a
1: distraction that yeah. would be. Like, literally, what a distraction that would be. Uh, and a shocking turn of events, the Niners are an organization that has put the priority of the of the team before necessarily improving in certain areas or taking certain risks. Um, Browns are an organization who haven't necessarily done that consistently, and that's why they continue to be in the positions they're in, and the Niners are where they're at. Let's just be thankful as fans, Thank, thankful as fans uh, and faithful to this, this team and that has continued to put the, the play on the field above other things.
0: Yeah. I mean, the right, the closest thing, I think they learned their lesson when, you know, they, they had the guys that they had early on in the draft that the day. Oh out, yeah. You know? And so Reuben Foster was, you know, a big black eye for John Lynch and John Lynch carries himself as one of those guys, you know, that's above reproach. And then you have in a situation like that and he didn't like it. um, So he's done a really good job of making sure they get high character guys who love football and that's how you build a roster. And I like the, what they're doing right now. And um, so I'm really happy to have Trey Lance as the quarterback. I'd be really happy with Jimmy Garoppolo. I, wa- I was really happy with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and I'm, I'm glad it's not Deshaun Watson. I don't know about the legal situation. I just know it would be a huge distraction to the football team. So I'm going to leave the legal situation to the legal uh, part of the, you know, the people that want to comment about that. But really, I just want to talk about football.
1: Uh, very true. Anta. Uh, focusing on the football, Brad Jones, would you be worried if Baker ends up in Seattle?
0: No, no, I, I mean, please do. I, I think that Nick Bosa will take that personally. Uh, there's more flags to be able to be waved in, in Seattle as well. Lots of flags. Flag uh, yeah, th- that's one thing that I don't worry about is I don't worry about Baker Mayfield in Seattle. i don't, to be honest right now, besides Russell Wilson, I don't worry about any quarterback that could potentially play for Seattle.
1: Uh, That's very true. And we don't have to worry about Russell Wilson playing in Seattle, just in
0: Denver. Not anymore.
1: That's son of a gun. NFL, how could you? How could you do that this year to us? How could you?
0: Yeah this year of all years. I mean, the good news is white, right. His receiver core uh, is a little bit different than what he had in Seattle. Very true. So we'll we'll see, we'll see how they mesh. And it could be early on in the season, you know, uh, week three is so early. They, they're going to be trying to work out their offense as well. Um, So we'll, we'll see what happens to Trey Lance and working out with, with things with his receiver and Russell Wilson. Uh, with his guys
1: Uh, very true and in a different style run game as well for them in in Denver than in Seattle. So some, some other things going on there. Look, it's going to be a lot of fun, no matter what happens with the San Francisco 49ers this year and with the season, what's going to be happening, what's going to be going on. And day two of minicamp is going to give us a lot more, hopefully insights into what's happening, who's developing, who's standing out, who's impressing. I'm looking forward to all of the media comments tomorrow. And I'm also looking forward to hearing from D'Amico Ryans and special teams, Special teams coordinator, Mr. Mr. Brian Schneider.
0: Yeah, that'll be good. I'm, I'm interested to hear what D'Amico has to say about some of the players uh, because we've heard little tidbits on Diometer Lenore and Ombre Thomas, and True. there's still questions about the 49ers nickel corner situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if we're going to get any, any information out of D'Amico on that thing. Um, but really, when it comes down to it, we're going to see a little bit more of this uh, defensive line getting after, which is always fun to watch, and Chris Kisarek and uh, just you know more reasons to talk about football because every single day we get through mini camp it means we get we inch closer and closer to training camp that's kind of where i want to be let's let's get to training camp let's get to football uh because then it's it's all about the season it's all about what's going to happen on the field
1: well and then as coaches right this is the fun part you get to evaluate practices yeah. talk about you know development installs what they're doing why they're doing it this way uh what does it mean we get to sit there at training camp and i get to film it and get told by people that i'm showing the playbook and i'm ruining the season it's ruined. Yeah. You're ruining I'd it. I ruined it all last year. Yeah. That's why we started slow offensively. It was my fault. Uh, they scored over 40 points against Detroit. Not my fault. <laughs>
0: I'm. It, it is a little bit funny, and what's up, P-mer? Uh It is a little bit funny that people get a little worked up about that when, in fact, they do tell you when not to video and when you know when you're allowed to. And uh, no, you no can one said, video. No one of word? No, no one, no one cared. The only thing they did care is when horse tried to take a picture of the long snapper. That That's was it.
1: that was a no no. Yeah. Taking pictures of taper pepper during non-scheduled phone aspects of practice. Not okay. Yeah. Filming open scripted 11 on 11s ant at Levi Stadium.
0: Okay. All good. Yeah, but in shocking development, horse likes to go slightly offsides.
1: Just, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. And if you enjoy going slightly offsides <laughs> or watching someone go slightly offsides, you should hop on over to Patreon, in which you can watch Ant and Horst go slightly offsides. Ant maybe not as much, uh, but Horst definitely, definitely flirting with that that uh, that line of scrimmage. Aunt.
0: Yeah, we we've been having a lot of fun. We're three episodes in. Uh, so if you have Patreon or you've been a channel member, I've been putting it out for channel members as well. Go check those out. Let us know what you think about you know, everything that's happening was Slightly Offsides and there'll be a new episode this week. So I'm excited about that. Who knows where Horse is going to want to go? uh on the slightly off sides it should be a lot of fun
1: it's gonna be a blast make sure you're here for that become a channel member right here on youtube or join us over on patreon in order to see that or if you don't want to have to that's that's a-okay just subscribe it's free you can be right here you get all this content here you can find us over on spotify you can find us on apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, a lot of other places as well so you're on the road you don't necessarily have access to youtube maybe just pop in spotify you take a listen to us in a gander over there and uh all the 49ers content you could ever want right here on the 49ers cutback. Ant.
0: I'm stunned. Yeah. They can even catch hit or miss. There's going to be a new episode of hit or miss episode. One went up on Patreon last week and episode two uh, is, is bringing the heat this week. So I'm excited about that one. Uh, It's going to come out on Thursday. So if you have uh, Patreon, go ahead and be,
1: be Ready for that because that's coming soon. Oh, hit or miss episode two. Don't miss that. Lots of more, lots more news coming your way. Also, tomorrow, day two of minicamp, you're not going to want to miss that 5 p.m. Pacific time right here. Best way not to miss it, hit that subscribe button right now. Hit that notification bell if you haven't already, and then like the video because it helps pump it out to the rest of the faithful. And we get more people in here talking, more 49ers, more questions, more from the TCC.
0: Yeah, and Paul, I'm working on live chat for slightly outside. Uh, We'll get that to you pretty soon. So I don't know if it'll be this week, uh, but if it's not this week, we'll get it to you pretty soon.
1: It'll be taken care of. Don't you worry about it. TCC, we'll catch you on the next one. And until that time, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers way.